Welcome to the latest edition of the MPM Podcast. I'm John Burke, Managing Editor of New Project Media. Joining me today is Randolph Mann, the President and Founder of ES Volta. Uh, thank you for joining the program today, uh, Mr. Mann. Thank you, John. I'm glad to be here. So, uh, before we get to our discussion, uh, Randolph will be joining us at the U.S. Energy Storage Development Forum scheduled to take place in one week at the Bayfront Hilton in San Diego, appearing on the closing panel on day two, entitled Platform Building and Project Finance. Before we get there, uh, Randolph was kind enough to drop by and walk us through ES Volta's model as a front of the meter storage systems developer, and also about today's uh, challenged economic climate in building energy storage systems. So um, to start off, uh, sir, if we can just talk about um, ES Volta's business model. Sure, John, I'm, I'm happy to do that. So ES Volta is an IPP for the energy storage space. And when I say IPP, I really mean an integrated platform where we have capabilities starting from project origination and development through to uh, engineering, construction, finance, and, and long-term asset ownership and management. So we're uh, an integrated uh, company with, with a suite of services and capabilities across that whole value chain. And then within energy storage, we focus on the front of meter, uh, utility scale, uh, utility facing standalone storage uh, market niche. And so, you know, obviously energy storage can do a ton of different things in front of the meter, behind the meter, coupled with other resources. But our company focuses on standalone, you know, large uh, front of meter storage assets. And, and really because we think um, that that's a great way to deliver the value of storage to the grid and solve you know, many of the problems that are, uh, that are inherent on the grid today. Um, why did you pursue um, a front of the meter as the business model versus behind the meter? Sure, it's a great question. So I, I think um, first, as I said, you know, we think that applying storage uh, in front of the meter and directly connected to the electric grid is really a great way for the grid to take advantage of all the capabilities of a storage asset. So if you think about it, when we're connecting directly to the grid, we're providing um, energy capacity to the grid. Uh, we're also providing uh, and buying and selling energy and essentially providing an energy uh, arbitrage type of service. And then we're providing a whole range of ancillary services as well. And really what those packages of services do for the grid is it provides clean uh, capacity, fast responding um, energy, and it serves it to um, smooth out intermittencies on the grid to help shift uh, load and generation so that those two are matching up and really enables uh, greater penetration of, of renewables on the grid. And that's really what we're all about. Great. Um, so one of the core markets for storage systems in general today in the US is in CAISO. Um, there are projects that are usually contracted via resources adequacy agreements or RA agreements. Um, can you talk about why, um, and sorry to back up, but yes, Volta obviously has projects there today. Um, can you talk about why California is such a favorable market for storage projects and how um, RA agreements today uh, get those projects across the finish line? 
Well, you're right that California is a, an important market of focus for us. And there are a couple of reasons for that. One is really that California has been at the forefront of providing uh, public policy and regulations that support and enable um, the introduction and deployment of storage onto the grid. And so it's basically a market that um, you know, treats storage fairly and welcomes storage to participate in, in the grid. Um, and then beyond that, you know, California has some fundamental things changing in the grid that, that storage is uh, able to take advantage of and able to support. And, and so for example, uh, you know, California is retiring uh, fossil fuel assets and introducing more and more intermittent renewables with a goal of eventually getting to you know, a carbon-free grid. And so storage is really a key enabling technology you know, to enable those uh, fossil fuel assets to retire, to enable more renewables to come onto the grid and to allow the grid to um, you know, still operate uh, efficiently and, and, um, and, and safely and predictably uh, you know, with, with the introduction of storage. And RA contracts are one piece of, of, uh, of the revenue model for a California um, storage project. Basically what an RA contract is, is uh, you know, it, it's typically a long-term contract with an electric utility or a CCA where they're buying the capacity from your storage asset. And um, what it's doing is enabling to making sure that those utilities have you know, sufficient capacity under contract to serve the load that they're gonna serve uh, over the coming years, and California has been in a um, you know in a capacity constrained um, environment for a while now, uh, and so you know, more storage is is important to make sure that we've got sufficient margin of capacity uh, at all times available you know, to serve the needs of of the customers. The, the other thing that's interesting about RA contracts is you know they tend to be sort of long term fixed price, predictable type contracts. And so from a, a business model perspective, it provides a predictable stream of, of revenues of cash flows for the energy storage project. And, and that makes it uh, easier to finance and more efficient to finance your projects with those type of contracts. We also have uh, projects where there might be that long-term RA contract, but then in addition, we provide uh, ancillary services and energy services into the Kaiso market, and, and those uh, revenue streams tend to be a little less predictable. They may still be quite important to the economics of the project, but they're a little bit less predictable. And so, when you combine, you know, market participation and, and an RA contract, you get an interesting economic um, asset that uh, you know is providing those services that are so essential to, to the to the grid operator and the utilities in, in Kaiso. From a financing perspective, would you say uh, it does vary project by project as a result of some of the characteristics you just pointed out? I, I think it can. And, and so, you know, for example, in, in Kaiso, we've um, done a financing across a portfolio of four or five projects. Uh, each one is a little bit different in terms of its size, in terms of its contract st structure, in terms of its revenue makeup. But by creating that sort of diversified portfolio, and, and putting those assets together, um, you know, we found that to be an efficient way to finance in this particular situation. Yeah, I think on our end, I think we've seen a lot more of the portfolio type financings for storage, but that's certainly um, a good good to point out that uh, that's one one reason why is for diversification. Um, 
So um, you guys also pointed out um, some other markets you have projects in, uh, such as Arizona, Montana, Virginia, Colorado, uh, Washington State, and New Mexico, which is not really markets um, we write about that much as far as storage is concerned, not that there isn't plenty of people developing bigger, larger solar for storage projects in some of those markets, particularly Arizona. But um, what can you say about some of these markets, at least why they're attractive for Aeneas Volta? What, 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 are there interesting economic incentives in place? Um, things like that. What, what, uh, what's appealing to you in these markets? Sure, John. So I, I think first, um, you know, we look for markets that are going to be um, viable for energy storage, both from a you know development perspective and then from an economic uh, you know attractiveness and economic viability perspective. And it really starts with uh, you know thinking about uh, what are the conditions on the grid, what's happening to uh, you know baseload capacity, what's happening to intermittent renewables capacity, what's happening to you know load growth over time, and what you find is that you know. Just like I talked about in Kaiso, where we have, uh, you know, retirement of fossil fuel assets, we've got more, um, you know, PV assets coming on the grid. Those same um, things are happening across the rest of the WEC, um, at the, the Western markets in particular, uh, where you're seeing, you know, more PV coming on. You're seeing regulatory and and, and economic pressures to take, uh, you know older fossil fuel assets off the grid. And so that creates a, a, a need and an opportunity for storage to participate. So really that's the sort of fundamental thing that we're looking for. Um, and, and so today my company is really quite focused on the Kaiso market. Uh, it's also focused on the ERCOT market. And then what we call WEC, which is really the balance of the, of the Western interconnect. Um, each of those three markets has different characteristics in terms of you know, who might be your customer or uh, how much of your, uh, your offtake is sort of contracted with the utility versus participating in an ISO market, but they're basically driven by the same uh, you know, type of, of large fundamental changes on the grid. And then you know, what, beyond that, when we look forward, we actually think that the addressable market for storage is, is, is growing um, every day we're seeing new state markets and new ISO markets starting to look interesting. And, and over time, I think, you know, you'll see storage deployed in, in all 50 states across the country. So you guys announced a uh, transaction earlier this year whereby Generate Capital took 100% equity stake in the company. Um, how do you envision um, this investment will help change uh, ES Volta? Well, certainly it's going to be a transformational investment for, for my company. And you know, just as background, um, we founded the company back in 2017 um, with really supportive capital that was pulled together by uh, RBP partners. And they were a great partner to work with as we were building the business. But I think as you've seen in the market, and, and this is true for our company as well, you know, standalone energy storage market has really reached an inflection point where um, uh, you know, looking forward, time. there's just a, a huge amount of growth to come. Yeah. And so we wanted to make sure that, you know, our company was really adequately resourced to take advantage of that big opportunity set in front of us. And so, you know, in Generate, I think we found really the ideal partner and, and owner, you know, to help us grow the business sort of in chapter two of, of ES Volta. Um, first of all, I think, you know, Generate shares our view that storage is an important technology to enable 
know, greater participation of renewables on the grid and really to create a much cleaner and more reliable, you know, energy grid of the future. So we, we share that common purpose. And I think we also share, you know, values about how to build a business. And, um, you know, Generate really saw in us a platform that was ready to, uh, you know, drive towards scale. And they've been supporting us doing that, both with capital, of course, that's important, but also in terms of, you know, their expertise and, and their capability and their experience across, uh, you know, energy and, and other markets is really, um, you know, helping us to, uh, I would say, you know, grow aggressively and, 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 and really take advantage of, you know, the opportunity in front of us and hopefully, you know, meet our full potential here. In talking to other developers and others of battery storage systems, they express excitement about standalone storage ITC initially, but then it becomes sort of a cautious optimism. Um, there still are concerns about supply chain issues at the same time. We're all awaiting IRS guidance as it affects uh, different aspects of the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, which includes the standalone storage investment tax credit. Uh, can you give me your sense about how this is going to play out in terms of storage systems build out? Uh, and then in the medium to long in the medium to long term, once the IRS makes a formal ruling up, makes a formal ruling on this. Sure, John. So so first thing I would say is that you know the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, which which as you point out, you know, brought forward a, a ITC for standalone storage for the first time, really I think is potentially a transformational you know legislation from a climate change fighting perspective. I think it's the you know the most uh, extensive climate package that you know has happened in, in certainly in my lifetime and in our generation so we're excited about the future uh, you know of the energy business because of that um, the second thing I would say is that you know for my company who focuses on the standalone energy storage market that particular um, business model we're very pleased to see the ITC extended to standalone storage and I think really for us, what it does is it allows us to compete with other technologies, for example, solar plus storage, which always had an ITC. And now we have the same ITC and can compete on a level playing field. So I think, you know, that was an important change in, in tax policy that creates you know, that level playing field for us all to, to compete and grow um, together. Um, there's certainly true that, uh, you know, introducing an ITC to a market segment that didn't have it before, it does create changes, right? So it will change um, how we finance projects. It will create um, the need and, and, the, and the opportunity for tax equity investors, for example, to participate in standalone energy storage markets, uh, which they haven't before. So certainly um, in terms of how we go about executing our projects and how we go about financing them, there'll be some changes that come from that law. Um, but I think, you know, really what it's doing is it's it's reducing the cost of standalone storage projects and making them more attractive for our customers and for our investors. Um, and, and that is going to really greatly expand the addressable markets that we can participate in. And it's going to lead to um, a tremendous amount of growth and storage, you know, in the years to come. And I think, um, importantly, it's, it's a long-term tax credit, right? So, it really allows uh, storage developers like ourselves, as well as um, uh, equipment manufacturers and others to have a long-term uh, view about how to grow the business and really scale it to, you know, to its full potential. So I, I think, you know, we're very excited about the IRA Act. We're, we're excited about the standalone storage ITC. 
and we see it um, really helping us to you know, grow and scale our business and our market and, and provide more value to our customers. Have you begun to talk to tax equity investors? We have. And, um, you know, I think um, there's a lot of interest. Uh, obviously, these are very sophisticated investors that have been participating in energy markets for a long time, so they quite understand storage. Uh, most of them, as I said, have you know already seen storage when it's coupled with PV. So I think um, you know the leap from doing a, a PV plus storage as, uh, asset to financing a standalone storage asset uh, really isn't that um, isn't that tremendous. And I think uh, you know there'll be there'll be quite a lot of interest uh, in our projects. Uh, so you know I, I think it's just getting through doing that for the first time, which of course. Uh, is a challenge and takes a little bit of time, but I think um, you know the, the the financial markets will be quite open to the types of projects that we're bringing forward. Uh, terrific, thanks for that. So just looking uh, down the road, um, where do you anticipate ES Balta evolving in the next couple of years in terms of its business model and playing into energy transition? Is there an opportunity for you to play into other parts of the spectrum like microgrid or EV infrastructure or DERs? Is that part of the conversation at this point or is it more just continue to develop the pipeline in some of these emerging markets? How, how do you see it all playing out? Yeah, that's a great question, John. And I, I think the, you know, the, the simple answer is really the most straightforward one, which is that we see just a tremendous opportunity uh, in front of us in our sort of chosen standalone storage, uh, you know, market niche, for the reasons that I talked about before, there's really a, a, a significant amount of demand, you know, from grid operators and utilities uh, in our markets, and then and then across the country, you know, to transition away from, um, you know, fossil fuels and towards a cleaner and more reliable grid. And so, you know, we see just a, a big growth opportunity in our in our standalone storage space. I think. Um, you know what we're focused on now is really projects in our existing pipeline, and then number two, um, you know, identifying those next markets beyond Kaiso, Urcot, and the WEC, where we're currently really, you know, focused, and, and where those next opportunities will be. And and as I mentioned before, you know, we think looking forward, really the addressable market for standalone storage is going to be, um, you know, across the country, and, and so you know, just continuing to scale and get better and get smarter uh, and more capable you know, in, our, in our chosen market niche is really what we're focused on right now. Uh, terrific. Well, that's about um, all the time we have. So again, you can see uh, Randolph talk more about his views um, at the US um, Energy Storage Development Forum. Uh, he'll be speaking on the last panel uh, to close out the conference at 3 p.m. on October 26th, alongside Mark Domine of Fundamental Renewables, Aaron Klein of KeyBank Capital Markets, Stephen Green of Ipa Power, and uh, John O'Brien of Private Energy Partners. So uh, with that, Randolph, thanks again for joining the program. Really appreciate it. And uh, please tune in next time. Work out. Thanks.